0: You know what I love? Calzones, a good calzone. And one of my favorite things to do after the podcast is head over to Sauce on the Side in the Grove. You know the place. It's the place with the big calzone sign outside. Sauce on the Side offers a variety of calzones and salads. My personal favorite is the Roasty Toasty. It's pesto chicken, pine nuts, red onion, arugula with mozzarella, ricotta, and made-from-scratch pesto sauce. Mmm, just delicious. Be sure to check out other great calzones too, like the Meet Me in St. Louis, the Duke, Fatty B, and don't forget about the Sauce on the Side Special Calzone of the Month. They also offer incredible salads like the Italian, Smokehouse, Beats Me, Caesar, Zen Garden, and my personal favorite, the Strawberry Fields. And if you're in a dessert mood, try one of the Sauce on the Side Delicious Dessert Calzones, which include the Apple Pie, Nutella Banana, mm, and Special Dessert of the Month. Sauce on the Side has six locations in the Greater St. Louis area. Six, including Downtown, The Grove, Clayton, Twin Oaks, Chesterfield, Wentzville, and soon to be St. Charles. Sauce on the Side offers safe and socially distanced dining, as well as contactless curbside pickup and delivery. For more information or to order online, visit their website at sauceontheside.com. Sauce on the Side appreciates your business and thanks you for your continued support during these trying times. That's Sauce on the Side. Today on the show, the River City Cryptkeeper KLD, Kevin Lee Davidson joins us to talk about the wrestling and promotion game, about his new company WrestleMax STL, and maybe even to share a good wrestling horror story or two. It's all today on the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling fans, Ben Simon here with another edition of the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. And today we have one of our most long awaited guests in the short history of the show, KLD Kevin Lee Davidson. Kevin, it's been months since I've seen you. It's good to see
1: you again. Been too long, man. It's uh, Mikey Gordon's wedding, I guess. Was that the last time I saw you?
0: That might have been. Wait, you were in Indianapolis in October? I was not. You were not? Yeah, I guess that was. was was Last summer. Well, it's good to see you. You as well, my friend. Yeah, um, so speaking of being on the shelf, uh, we were talking before the show, you had injured your arm in Cape Girardeau, Missouri a, a few months back, uh, just a freak accident, but you're looking good now?
1: Yeah, feeling a lot better, man. I still have, um, the elbow's still feeling a little weak at times, almost as painful as it was when it first happened, so that kind of sucks, but uh, overall, a lot better, man. A lot better movement, uh, a lot better mobility, so yeah, man, we're, we're, we're trucking right along. I just got cleared a few weeks ago, and February 20th, I'll be back in the ring.
0: February 20th. I wonder what could be happening that day. <laughs> uh, as we've all heard that there's a new company, uh, a new game in town called WrestleMax STL, and it debuts on February 20th with Chapter One. Talk episode a little bit one. about that. <laughs> uh, epi- episode, <laughs> episode one, episode pardon one. me.
1: Well, yeah, the theme of it, um, I kind of wanted to go in the direction that Evolve took and uh, Progress. Uh, if you noticed, you know, Evolve had Evolve 101, Evolve 102, Evolve 103, and Progress had Chapter One, Chapter Two. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I've, in recent years, become a big Star Wars nerd. So uh, I wanted to follow along. I'm trying to follow along the footsteps of that with episode one, episode two, and just have episodes. And maybe we'll have some special theme ones here and there. But for the most part, I'd like to follow that episode trend of, you know, having episodes like you know, uh, evolve and progress didn't.
0: Well, I, you know, with a, a name like WrestleMax, uh, and you know, you got this movie poster-like uh, a thing going on for the first episode on February 20th, is this gonna be like a, a cinematic company or what can we expect
1: from no, this? No, uh, your typical pro wrestling, um, I'm trying to get back into, um, you don't see a lot of storytelling in independent wrestling right now, so I'm really trying to, you know, dive head first into that. If you look at, I mean, a lot of prominent wrestling companies have a lot of cool stuff going on, but I mean, you really don't see a lot of storytelling so i'm really trying to bring that part back to professional wrestling you know like you see cards full of five-star matches but you really don't you know like you don't get a lot of the in-betweens that you get on you know tv wrestling which you know i mean i'm not sure you know trying to knock anything off but uh i'm really trying to bring something different to the independent wrestling scene
0: there really isn't a lot of storytelling consistency um i 100 percent agree with you there um and you know with your involvement with glory pro in the last few years we've really brought Uh, the closest thing to really coherent storytelling and pro wrestling to St. Louis, Mm -hmm. the St. Louis area. So I'm really looking forward to WrestleMax STL. What about this venue? You've been sharing images on social media about Red Flag. Uh, Talk about the venue for the first episode.
1: So uh, I originally wanted to launch the company in Afton, obviously, if you did, if you attended any of the recent Glory Pro shows, well, I guess the most recent ones, uh, we did really well in Afton, you know, we sold out two times in a row. We even got a bigger boat for the second one, still sold it out. So I really wanted to keep it in Afton, but you know, when it comes to the restrictions and stuff, I mean, it's, it's a big venue, but I didn't, I didn't feel it was big enough for not only the wrestlers, but the fans to feel safe during, you know, a pandemic like this. So, uh, I recently attended a friend's concert at Red Flag and it couldn't have been more perfect. Right off the bat, I knew this is where we need to launch Russell Max. been in times like this, like it's a huge space. Uh, there's signs everywhere, uh, you know, masks, hand sanitizers everywhere. The staff couldn't care more about keeping their patrons safe. So it it was just a no-brainer for me. You know, as soon as I walked in there. So it's a beautiful space. It's she just got a balcony up top. Uh, I'm not sure square footage or anything, but if you've seen the pictures, you, you know it's a it's a decent sized space, man. So I'm very excited to get in the red flag. Um, the owner of Red Flag is also the owner of Fubar. I don't know if you ever heard of that venue, but it's a venue that I've done a lot of work with in previous years. Uh, I did. I was an independent concert promoter for six years. I did a lot of stuff at Fubar. So me and Bob go way back, and I'm excited to not only launch uh, WrestleMax in this beautiful venue, but you know to get to work with those guys again is going to be a kick. So.
0: You started in wrestling at what six years ago, something like that.
1: Uh, I started training in October of twenty thirteen. I just uh, I was there for about a month, I think, before I had to step away for some music stuff for a bit. And once I once I really sunk my teeth in it, I think I started back training at the end of February twenty fourteen. I think and I debuted in July of 2014. But before then, you are, you've are you
0: been in the entertainment industry uh, on this level for a long time. As you mentioned, as a concert promoter, talk about how you got into entertainment in general.
1: Oh, uh, well, I was one of those kids in high school that was in a band. <laughs> so I obviously you know create, uh, established relationships with a lot of venue owners, with a lot of promoters around St. Louis, uh, which eventually turned into me being on the flip side of that. Um, which turned into a promoter myself. Uh, I started booking small, you know, uh, local shows, which turned into meeting Chris Fulkerts, who ran Mutiny Productions at the time. I started working for him at Mutiny once he moved out to L.A. Um, you know, we did a lot of cool stuff with that. We sold out a lot of venues. with a lot of cool shows, um, which kind of moved on to me doing my own thing. You know, he was kind of over the concert. He was doing really well out in L.A., so he really had no reason to book, you know, 500 people shows here in st louis so uh he kind of moved on i started doing my own thing uh did some work with john mancuso uh we opened up a concert venue at one point named the mad magician Uh, we did bone thugs there Uh, while we were working together we did mgk down at the coliseum uh, another beautiful venue i don't think it's still there but uh the coliseum was a beautiful place Um, we had krs1 i think Uh, it was bone thugs very uh very first tour back when flesh got out of jail Uh, It was the first all five of them, like the first time, I'm pretty sure the first time all five of them toured together, and I'm a huge Bone Thugs fan, so that was really cool for me, but uh, but yeah, man, I spent six solid years in the music game, Um, woke up one day, watched The Wrestler, the movie The Wrestler, and uh, I realized I was 23 years old, and if I don't do wrestling now, I'm never going to do it, so... I Googled uh, wrestling schools in St. Louis, and I found uh, the beautiful South Broadway Athletic Club Training Center.
0: <laughs> well, and, it, you know, it, it, we all remember that place. Uh, it's not around anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> the Athletic Club is, but not the training center. Were you working with uh, Johnny Courageous back then? No, I never did get to meet him. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the ESPY era. ESPY era. Brandon right, right, so, Espinosa. Yeah. So you got your preliminary training at South Broadway, mm-hmm. and you. De- I remember when you debuted, I it's like, why are you dressing like a, a cocktail server,
1: because you were a bodyguard, <laughs> right. right? Well, I, when I first debuted, I had the black trunks, uh, and I'm pretty sure I only used them for that match. I, uh, I did one show in you know, the middle of nowhere, Illinois, and maybe two or three weeks before that, and I'm pretty sure those are the only two shows that I used the black trunks for, mm-hmm. and after that, it was supposed to be a security guard gimmick. That was that was all black. <laughs> it was uh, quote-unquote security guard, so that, yeah, that's where that came from. Well, but yeah, I even wrestled in the dress shoes and everything, man, <laughs> down to a T. Uh,
0: in my opinion, that time from probably around 15 to 16. You could maybe go as early as 14, but I think those were the most stellar years in the history of wrestling at the South Broadway Athletic Club and it was because of the talent that was coming up at that time. For those of you who don't know the, the South Broadway Athletic Club, I can say pretty objectively because of its attendance is the mecca of independent wrestling in St. Louis for decades. And before you, you know, y- you shoot me here. Uh, <laughs> look, I know the wrestling isn't always the best, but everybody knows about wrestling at the South Broadway Athletic Club and mm-hmm. so they'll come out sometimes, you know, you have a few drinks and you'll end up there by accident. You know, you don't know yeah. how it
1: happens. You end up in <laughs> at South Broadway. You know? <laughs> right. You're pre and all of a sudden you got $2 beers at South Broadway. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it just happens. So uh, th- that's why I would say that. And uh, 15 to 16, man, really great cars at South Broadway. They have the best talent in in that area, the best value for your dollar, and in the crappiest ring, (laughs) (laughs) um, which was dangerous, frankly. um, But it was really a good time, and and you were one of those guys there, along with uh, Danny Adams and... uh, 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 a few other guys actually who uh,
1: Roberts was Paco was popping in here and there Uh, Jason Roberts was also training with us Uh, Everett Connors Uh, I think Kenway was starting to break his teeth around then Uh, yeah man it was a really good era for South Broadway I couldn't agree more
0: and at what point uh, at one point you guys were all the champions and there were tons of belts back then at South (laughs) Broadway you guys were all the champions um, and there was a new game coming to town uh, via Kansas City called the NWL. And you were one of the first signees as mm-hmm. a, the, basically the I flagship. Think I was
1: the very first St. Louis signee for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, the flagship of the St. Louis. Uh, how in the world did that happen?
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, no offense, I, I mean, but, but that's oh, yeah, very no. cool. Um, let's see, when did that start? So... I was on a show in Kansas City, a um, um, Metro Pro show. Super dope baseball field. I forget the name of the field. It was huge. Uh, Tommy Dreamer was there. Uh Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I think was there. It was a super great show. Um, I just remember being like over and confused all day. <laughs> and uh, uh, cr- uh, the promoter Chris came up to me and he was like, "Hey, well, there's somebody that wants to meet you in the hallway." And you know, I'm thinking, like, "Oh, okay." You know, like maybe you know, just one of his buddies or something. And uh, I go out there and I meet him. You know, I shake their hands and ended up being Major Bay's and. Um, was his name Travis
0: uh yeah Travis uh, yeah it was
1: Major Basin and Travis and um Travis Bowden yeah Travis just passed away yeah yeah rest in peace absolutely um it ended up being them you know I shook their hand you know I shot the shit with them for a second and uh and I was like all right well you know I gotta get to call my stuff you know it's really nice meeting you guys and Major was like well hold on hold on a second and Travis was like well we'd like to offer you uh, a full-time contract with benefits and uh we're starting up a new promotion here and we're gonna be in St. Louis and uh you know we'd like to sign you and that was the last thing i had on my mind <laughs> you know and i went out to you know meet chris's friends and i was like holy moly so uh
0: did you think it was like legit or a fly-by-night or what um, do you think
1: i had my i didn't have i don't want to say doubts but i had uh definitely uh, what is this you know like that right. uh, what's going on here type thing. so you know i talked to some of the other guys that uh, were approached by major that day and you know we all kind of you know reconvened later on that day like hey, what do you guys think of this you know and you know we talked about it a bit and i know major invited us all out to kansas city a few times um one of them meeting at the office and i believe that either the next day or the day before that we, uh he had us out to his suite he had a suite at the kansas city chiefs so uh that's when he made his i guess you could say you know an informal offer of what he'd be paying me and what he'd be you know the kind of benefits we'd have working for him and I was just blown away at that point, you know, like, cause like, you, like, like I said, like, you know, when he first approached me, it's like, okay, well, you know, what's this about? But then once he like laid it on the table and like, what really was, I was mind blown that I, uh, just a, a new company out of nowhere was coming, you know, offering me a very decent amount of money to, you know, wrestle once every other week in St. Louis. So uh, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a crazy era there for sure
0: and you know for those of you who don't know the NWL was the answer to the question what would happen if somebody with a lot of money came into independent wrestling <laughs> and tried to make it really a, a big deal basically uh kickstart uh the territory system with a defibrillator yep. well it didn't work in this instance but it was a lot of fun for a year and a few months um unfortunately it didn't last that long but you actually uh between wrestling in St. Louis and living out of Kansas City uh
1: you longed for home, didn't you? Yeah, um I actually was home either just as much as I was in Kansas City or more. Um when I first agreed with Major, because uh, they were first running on Thursdays, you know, the shows were on Thursdays. The in Casa
0: my, Loma Ballroom.
1: The Kas-Lama, Or as Outlaw likes to say, the Casa I always said the Casa <laughs> The owners told me it's
0: Casa Loma. I was like, oh, that I feels wrong, that. but okay. Yeah. If it is, then <laughs> it, it is. It feels
1: very wrong. Yeah. But I love when Outlaw did it, because, I mean, every day in promo class, Outlaw's like, hey, this Saturday, it's Casa Loma. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, at that point, uh, they were running shows on Thursdays, and my deal with Major when I when I agreed to move was I would get to stay home, at, you know, until Monday, you know, so... I'll get my weekends at home. Obviously, that kind of got switched up with, you know, uh, the shows getting moved to Sundays, you know, after a few weeks. Uh, but, yeah, man, I definitely did long for home being there, man. Nothing's, like, nothing's quite like home in St. Louis, especially for a person like me who's just so ingrained in the city. I have so many roots in so many places in the city. You know, I, I, I've, uh, I've laid a lot of groundwork for a lot of different stuff here. So, I mean, just, it just, I don't want to say it didn't feel right living in Kansas City, but I felt I would be more useful to not only, like, other stuff, but, you know, to the NWL being in St. Louis, it still blows my mind that they didn't use me for more stuff. I felt like I had a lot more to offer when it comes to um, uh, elevating the St. Louis brand. Uh, It kind of bummed me out that they never really, like, took me up on some of this stuff. I felt like I had a lot of cool ideas, and I could have done a lot more to elevate it before he just shut it down out of nowhere. I mean, I was gone by then, I think. Wasn't I Was I gone by then?
0: Yeah, you were gone by then. Yeah, but
1: uh, I, felt, I felt like I had a lot more to offer in St. Louis and it really kind of bummed me out that they didn't uh, kind of take that chance on giving me a shot to elevate the brand here.
0: And it was definitely, what you're saying is uh, 100% true. Um, definitely a learning experience. One of Major's ideas as the financier of this operation he was going to similar to WWE own everybody's name, mm-hmm. so you had to choose another ring name, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he would and then you get a cut of the merchandise, if I understand. Oh no! Right. Oh oh he he took the merchandise. <laughs> he, he took the merchandise. Okay. Yeah. No, that all was right.
1: uh, that was all done. I mean, we we discussed it uh, before the merch was launched, but yeah, the the. The final verdict was that we, we, we didn't get any of that.
0: <laughs> now, in Kansas City, this didn't seem to be a big deal. There wasn't a lot of wrestling already going on in Kansas City. Right. In St. Louis, there was some collision maybe with some stories because everybody in St. Louis was already wrestling in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I want to go back because it's kind of juicy. <laughs> uh, the late 2016 at the South Broadway Athletic Club, uh, you guys are all the champs and you're all mm-hmm. leaving. And for Well, you're not leaving. You're taking up contracts with NWA. They didn't
1: have to be leaving, and that's what bummed no. me out about That's kind of why I left. I had a month left. Uh, they were going to pu- send me out on top. I was supposed to win my final match, I, I guess, December. You were the heavyweight champ. Uh, yeah, I, I I think my last match there I beat A.J. Williams for the heavyweight title. Yep. Um, I was the only one that was leaving for a full-time contract. The rest of the guys had part-time, and they would have had no issue continuing working at South Broadway. Uh, some of the people in charge of South Broadway didn't think of it like that. Um. And to my understanding, they were literally just going to tell all those guys to screw off after after that event. And that's why they took all their belts. They didn't want to tell them, but they were like, hey, we're going to keep the belts tonight and this and that. And I didn't feel that was right at all. I thought there was no reason those boys couldn't work there once a month while still doing, you know, the NWL shows. So the, I, I kind of took it upon myself, like, look, man, um, I appreciate everything you guys have done for me over the years, but I don't feel right having that last match here if you're going to do my boys like that, you know. Um they were a good group of dudes, like you said earlier. It was the best era that South Broadway has had. So when you're willing to let the best talent you have in ring go all over some little you stupid petty little local shit, I just I I couldn't agree with it. And I had you know I just I left the belt and that was it.
0: And it was back then. It was uh, the guys in charge were Jim Harris and then the guy running the promotion Tony Costa. It wasn't so much
1: Jim Harris, but I think the yeah the rest of the guys up there yeah. weren't too happy about it.
0: I remember that night, um, you know. Tony very clearly said if you go to work at the NWL I'm not sure that we can have you back here and by I'm not sure it means we're not going to have you back here <laughs> yeah. and and so I was thinking this is a uh, this is not a good play in my opinion I don't think they knew what the NWL was right they yeah. thought the South Broadway was gonna be higher than the NWL right and it, it, you guys would be like oh okay yeah we'll stay here and it was a, a bluff that
1: did not pay off yeah when it comes to a $30 envelope per month or a, a, a fat paycheck you know it's yeah. it, you know it, I don't know man it was, it was it was a weird time for sure
0: it really was uh, so near the end of the NWL, whenever you got out of your full-time contract, but the company still existed. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, how can I neglect to mention your name at the time? Todd Letterman. <laughs> I was the waiting five for it. five-star I was waiting for it. I kind of miss saying <laughs> that, announcing that name in the ring. Uh, mm. But you were no longer Todd Letterman, just mm. KLD, what we know and what we love. And uh, you had started uh, you had been promoting wrestling before then with mm. Pro Wrestling Resurgence. Um, what was what were your thoughts coming out of the NWL? Did you have kind of an existential crisis, or were you just like, no, let's let's hit the ring again?
1: Let's hit the ring. I I think uh, the most pent up thing with me with NWL was I couldn't stand wrestling once every two weeks, and not only uh, don't get me wrong, I love the storytelling p- aspect of well, wrestling. The full
0: timers couldn't take any other bookings, the, right?
1: F- right, we couldn't. You know, we couldn't take any other bookings. So. I couldn't. only was I restricted to wrestling once every two weeks, I was restricted to having my full potential of a match because we had stories to tell. Well, like I said, which I get, but you know it's different when you're in WWE and you have house shows, you know, whatever two three days a week, and then you have TV once a week, and then you can have that kind of TV, you know, styled storytelling. Uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get you know my my weekend. Um, I didn't get my issue off on the weekend having my good house show matches. You know. And I think that was, that was one of the, not only uh, being underutilized I feel in St. Louis, behind the scenes, um, just not being able to you know, wrestle to my full potential on the matches I could have, really, uh, really kind of pushed me out the door per se. So. Yeah.
0: So you were known after this primarily uh, as a wrestler, but also uh, very notable as a promoter. You took Resurgence and rolled it into Glory Pro. And eventually, Mm -hmm. you and Danny, uh, Danny Adams, took over Glory Pro from Michael Elgin. Uh, Talk about your beginning at Glory Pro.
1: Um, Well, uh, like you said earlier, I had the history with Resurgence, so um, when I left the NWL, you know, the the question popped up, you know, what do you want to do about promoting, you know? Um, Elgin just recently started up Glory Pro and he offered um, a percentage of Glory Pro know we worked out a deal so I think Dan was already involved or he was about to get involved or something like that so it all kind of just you know fell into place um so we had that going on for a while and I guess what was it um eight nine ten months later um we ended up taking over I think right before the very first anniversary show
0: yeah the second year was was your guys's year yeah the 2018 yeah 2018
1: is when we took over so
0: the big Nito show yeah, oh uh, in Edwardsville. Oh, oh man, my gosh, yeah. that was amazing. Was that yeah? It that was, was the something. longest intermission ever, but it was <laughs> the best show ever.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, we didn't. Uh, we had the the meet and greet schedule for before the show. But we were so worried about getting six hundred and fifty people into the building that we're like, we'll just do it intermission; it'll be fine. Yeah, it obviously, and, and, as yes, you know, it turned out fine. <laughs> if you
0: weren't there, Tetsuya Naito was in the building; he was wrestling that night.
1: It was a huge event; hundreds and hundreds of people. Oh man. yeah, GM packed to the back. Uh, great show, top to bottom. But yeah, I think we had about an hour and a half long intermission, and still this day, it haunts us. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so as
0: time went on, you uh you back in you've done something that not a lot of guys in this area have done and that's wrestled internationally um, you had the wrestling invades america championship am i thinking of the right one uh yeah that was it WIA title mm-hmm. uh, run by the landlord oh the landlord uh, yeah ken i mean i got i haven't seen ken in a while
1: i but, hope he's doing good man he was always very good to me yeah, so I, yeah. I don't i don't have any bad things to say about him
0: no man. no no, no. He, he's a very nice guy uh, so you had that title and you took it to Italy and defended yeah. it. Uh, what was that like? And how did you come to uh, find yourself booked in Italy?
1: Um, so that kind of started when I was planning an England tour. I had a sponsor at the time that was sponsoring a flight for me to go do uh, international stuff. So uh, I reached out to my friend Charlie Kidd, who I had met at the Harley Race Camp in 2015. And I let him know, hey, I'm going to be in England for the month of March. Uh, if you guys have anything, you know, I'd love to be a part of it. And about twenty minutes later, hit me back. Here's your flight. What's your name for the flight info? Here's the date. Here's what you're getting paid. Like, Oh, uh, okay. Well, I guess I'm booked in Italy. So uh, that was actually I actually got booked in Italy before I actually got any England dates locked in. So uh, th- that couldn't have been a cooler experience, man. Um, as soon as they picked me up, they had food for me in the car. They were ready for like it was like a comic con type event. So tons of people everywhere. It was, uh, good vibes, man. Uh, Great matches. I wrestled uh Charlie. I wrestled Charlie Kid. We had a fantastic main event title match. Uh, and then the second half of the of the show, I wrestled uh, one of the newer kids, uh, who didn't speak English. <laughs> that was very interesting. I forget uh the wonderful woman. I forget. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But she had worked for Stardom. That was. Uh, she's from Italy, so she was there, and she was kind of like translating while we were calling the match. And uh, we get out there and. Yeah, I took I I was I took the half-and-half half dragon suplex, and I laid it on my head. I didn't fully rotate. Oh, no. And I just remember laying there, what's next? What's next? And in my head, I'm like, oh, man, he doesn't speak English. <laughs> 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 but, well, thank God, he, uh, he went out, and he started going up the top. I'm like, all right, thank, I know what's next. And then uh, it ended up being all okay. So uh, we finished the match, and I'm in the locker room. I'm waiting for him to come back. And. He comes through the curtain, I'm like, you know, thumbs up, everything okay? Is everything okay? And I see his face kind of swell up, and he just squeezes me to the point where I can't breathe. He's, grazie, grazie, grazie. <laughs> so that was a really cool experience, man. And then all the boys, uh, I stayed with Charlie and his girlfriend that night, and they had a couple homies over, and uh, they, just food after food after food, and just bottle of wine after bottle of wine. And apparently the tradition over there is to go to the coffee house after you eat and drink all night. So we ended up at the coffee house around 3.30, I think it was three thirty four 4 a.m. What the? I thought you were yeah.
0: talking about in the morning. I was like, oh, wait, no, this is yeah. still, going yeah,
1: still going on. Yeah, it's still going on. Yeah, I got off the plane at noon, and I, we're still going here at 3.30. We're drinking coffee, and then back to the airport I go. So <laughs> I just slept on the plane back to England. But, uh, yeah, man, that was a super cool experience, man. Super cool dudes over there. I have nothing bad to say. Uh, ICW, Italian Championship Wrestling, super great dudes. Uh, I had another date scheduled for them when I was uh, in England last March. Uh, unfortunately, COVID, you know, uh, canceled that while I was England. So that kind of sucked. And then uh, COVID ended up taking the rest of my, you know, my last three England dates I had. And I had to come home uh, two and a half weeks early. So that kind of sucked. But uh, hopefully we'll move past this. You know, I'll get back over there. I know I talked to uh, the, the Knight family I'm sure you're familiar with. who runs WAW over there. Um,
0: that, is that, that's Paige's family, Correct,
1: right? yes. Um, I The last match I had over there was for them. And they were talking about having me back for the summer Holiday tours, I think they call them. Uh, apparently, the thing over there is, I guess, like Disney World or whatever, the equivalent to a Disney World or so, like, some family getaway would be here. Um, they do these tours in England where they wrestle seven days a week, kind of like I was doing in Canada for CWE, but it's on, like, holiday resorts. <laughs> and they, they tour these holiday resorts, and, you know, you wrestle seven days a week for six weeks. So I had that slated for this year, but unfortunately, that you know, COVID took that one away too. So uh, I'm hoping we can move past all this soon and get everybody safe and sound, and I'll be uh, back on the plane and... Hopefully get some more dates over there
0: 2021 for me is kind of like the the 2020 redo uh there's there's nothing new is going to happen it's just what was going what to, was happen to happen last year
1: oh yeah there you'll you'll see a lot of that pouring out into WrestleMania. see there's a lot of stuff that i wanted to pull off in 2020 that i was not able to that you will see in 2021. So.
0: Uh, back in 2020 before the year went to hell uh <laughs> on march 1st we had the glory pro anniversary show and then you went to uh england right after literally that, that had right? a flight
1: the next day with text still in my head <laughs>
0: what was it like uh whenever everything was shutting down around march 11th or to the 14th uh what was it like in england
1: so it was fine over there i uh, everybody was hitting me up about how chaotic it was at home and i was like dude this business is usually here man everybody's you know we're hitting the laundromat everybody's normal shooting really? shit we're just talking uh it really wasn't a big deal there yet um obviously we know that turned into you know south real fast once i left i believe i believe it was like 2 or 3 days after i left is when they shut the whole country down i think but uh yeah well i was there man it was just business as usual the promoters like the promoters almost kind of like laughed it off like oh we're not going to have to cancel any shows like no it's going to be fine like that'll never happen and then you know <laughs> did you
0: did you come back home early
1: yeah so i was slated to come home march 30th i think and uh, you know, right before WrestleMania week, before I, I was literally gonna get off a plane, come home, do laundry, and hop on another plane the next day to go to Tampa. So, uh, as we all know, that didn't happen. But oh,
0: that would have been a fun time.
1: But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I ended up yeah, that would have been something. Um, I ended up flying home on I want to say the fifteenth or you know whenever whenever all hell broke loose and everybody's begging me, please come home, please come home. Uh, but I that was like a Thursday I think when Trump announced that he was gonna be closing the borders from England. Mm-hmm. So uh, I finished I finished out the weekend of shows and uh, yeah I got I had a seminar on that Sunday and then they took me straight to the airport and I slept in the airport Sunday night and got home Monday.
0: And you know you you didn't lose everything in twenty twenty as I mentioned you know you were able to wrestle enough to hurt your arm uh, last <laughs> the fall. The second <laughs> match after COVID yeah <laughs> right um so uh you know nearing nearing the uh, the end of our time here uh, I got to ask you and since. You know, you were really putting yourself over in this department. You better not disappoint. I'm looking for a wrestling horror story, Kevin. And uh, I, I want to know, I wanna know uh, just, the, just the absolute worst that you can tell uh, here. <laughs> uh, w- w- tell me your wrestling horror story.
1: Oh, man. Um... I don't think I have anything too bad to be honest.
0: Oh, uh, you gotta be kidding <laughs> me! You gotta
1: be kidding. I know kidding it, it me. always sucked. Uh, you know, cancellations the day of the shows as a promoter always sucks. Uh, Having to deal with that, uh, rearranging the entire card last minute, uh, touring Canada. All right, th- that's probably the biggest nightmare was touring Canada in the middle of freaking winter. Uh, this is
0: not our first Canada horror story. On oh this my show. goodness! Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, dude. Um, so, yeah, I got up there on Christmas Day. The tour started on the 26th. Was this CWE? CWE, correct. Okay. Um, it was colder in Winnipeg on Christmas Day than it was on Mars that day. And there was another town, I can't remember where it was at, but it was colder there than it was on the North Pole. And it was just god-awful cold the entire time. My car wouldn't start half the time because it's so freaking cold. Um, your eyes hurt, you know? Like, the water in your eyes freeze, and just just your bones ache, and it's... Oh, God, I can't stress enough how God awful it was. Just, uh, But, I mean, the tours were great. Don't get me wrong. The wrestling was great. The fans were great in every city. They couldn't have treated me better up there. Uh, but, yeah, man, touring in Canada, uh, driving through the mountains in snow of western Canada and the mountains. Uh, um, fuck, I forget the name of the mountain towns. But there was a bunch of mountain towns we wrestled in. Just snow for 60 miles, you know, going up, you know, just trying not to slide off a cliff. Uh, it was just uh, – that was probably the most – the horror, most horror story I have when it comes to wrestling is touring Canada in the in the middle of the winter.
0: <laughs> What's your goal in wrestling? Do you do you
1: have a defined goal? Oh man, at this point, man, I'm just trying to have fun. Um, I definitely there's definitely places I'd like to be. There's a lot of opportunities that I missed out on due to injuries that really bum me out. Um, a lot of TV stuff that I missed out on due to injuries. So I mean. I still definitely have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to that because I know where I should be, and I know that uh, these injuries kind of took that away from me. I'm not – I don't, I never feel sorry for myself when it comes to it, but I definitely, like, have this chip on my shoulder to where, yes, I'm trying to have fun with it and enjoy myself, which everybody should be doing while they're wrestling, but uh, I definitely know that I am I have potential to wrestle at a higher level. And um, that in 2021, that's definitely the goal is to stay healthy and – uh, perform at the level I know I'm capable of performing at.
0: Before we get out of here, I, I almost forgot about this. Um, th- the David Lee Memorial Tournament last year, uh, w- is that something that will be continuing on in Absolutely. WrestleMania? Absolutely. Uh,
1: April 3rd, I believe, we'll, uh, we'll have that one. It, red flag? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to kind of see how these restrictions are going and how the numbers are looking. Uh, we might have that one. That one is a special one to me, so i like to have that one in my hometown. I'd like to have that one in Afton Impossible, but a uh, Red Flag will definitely be in the rotation of one of our main venues for sure moving forward.
0: How did your dad influence you and what, why is that so special?
1: Um, his mother is the reason that I got into wrestling. She lived with me, my grandmother lived with me growing up and uh, me and my dad never really, we didn't get along so much uh, in my early years, but uh, once he retired and you know, we kind of got to spend a little more time together, uh, I feel like we found this mutual respect for each other. And when I started wrestling was the first time that I really, like... I'm not, he was never, like, a, a bad dad or anything, per se, but I felt like when I started wrestling was the very first time that I felt he was proud of something I was doing. You know what I mean? He was always, you know, pr- like, he he was really supportive of the bar. He was really supportive of all the music stuff. But it, it just felt different. Like, when he talked to me about wrestling, it felt different. Um, he was never the biggest wrestling fan, but I think once his mother passed away, he kind of held it my love for wrestling to do, you know, does that make sense? Uh, he kind of felt a little different about my love for wrestling. So it just, when we talked about it, it felt different. And it just, I felt like that was the very first time he was actually really proud of something I was doing. So, uh, he would travel a lot to see me on the road. Uh, he'd come to a lot of my shows in Indiana, um, Illinois sometimes. And he'd always make sure that any Carly, like, cause you know, in wrestling, we're not making much money, especially in those early days. So he would always make sure to take us out, you know, IHOP or waffle house and make sure we were fed before we hit the road, uh, He was always very supportive, you know, buying merch from the boys. And uh, he helped a lot of us early on, you know, when it comes to, you know, when we were breaking in. So uh, that tournament definitely holds a special place in my heart. Um, And I really like to keep it in Afton.
0: Well, as we look ahead to February 20th, 2021, it's WrestleMax STL Episode 1. And uh, this is gonna be a really exciting day. I mean, one of the most exciting days in 2021 for me. Uh, of course, looking ahead even further to wrestling at the Grand El, whenever we do have that later this year, hopefully. Um, and if this show happens, uh, fingers crossed, you know, no COVID. Yeah. Um, th- this will be the first wrestling event in the city of St. Louis uh, in 11 months yeah. um, since the last South Broadway show. Really looking forward to it. Um, but just to be clear, I mean, mm. there are fans asking. This is not Glory Pro, and it, and Glory, no. it's not replacing Glory
1: Pro. No, absolutely not. Glory Pro will still be doing their thing, and uh, we'll be launching WrestleMax doing my thing. So.
0: Tremendous. And then we'll all come together with the big party at Wrestling at the Grand Dell later in 2021. Uh, Kevin, is there anything you'd like to add before we head on out? Well, how can people follow you on social media?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at KLD underscore STL. Uh, on Facebook Kevin Lee Davidson in quotations KLD uh, but you'd have better luck in holding me on on the other two platforms uh, yeah follow uh at @wrestlemaxstl on Instagram and Twitter and wrestlemaxstl on Facebook tremendous
0: kevin thanks for being here today uh, look forward to the first show for wrestlemaxstl thank you sir and fans thanks for joining us today we'll see you next time here on the grand Delt wrestling podcast until then this is ben simon For producer Joey O'Farrell and engineer Ryan Torpilla, my name is Ben Simon. And for the Grandel Wrestling Podcast, until next time, so long from the show me state.